Hello, friends, and welcome to Men Do Disney, episode 77, your special spot. My name is Pete, and joining me tonight are Matt. What's up, everybody? And Tom. How's everybody doing? We're three guys who want to help you make the most of your Disney World vacation, as well as to bring some of that Disney magic into your life every day. So put on your favorite pair of Mickey ears, lower your safety harness, remain seated until the ride has come to a complete stop, and men, let's do Disney. So we're back to full strength tonight. Finally, it feels like forever, guys. It's only been, what, two months, three months, something like that, so... Good to have you back. Two episodes. You know, it's better than the uh, one year he took off. Between, That's true. That's true. Like episode one and fifty-seven. So here we are. This kind of pales in comparison to that. Hopefully, we won't repeat that one. Well, tonight we're going to be talking about our favorite special spots at Disney World. I, I don't really know what else to say about that. This is going to be kind of a random list. There weren't really many criteria for this other than where do you like to go? What do you like to, what places you like to go to at Disney World specifically? And these can be moments on rides. These can be places in the parks, throughout the resorts, whatever. Before we do that, let's go not to Tom with the news because Tom did not prepare this week. So I'm actually going to cover the news tonight. Don't you just love how Pete is so quick to throw you under the bus? Tom has done the news for 76 consecutive episodes. He gets just thrown under the bus. All right, so Disney is going to be, and this was just announced today, Disney's going to be charging a handling fee for all in-room deliveries. And as far as I know, this is starting immediately. A lot of guests were having Amazon Prime deliver groceries or having packages delivered to their rooms, directly to their rooms, which is a great idea. You know, if you're staying at a Disney resort, you get an Amazon Prime grocery delivery. They, they take them right to your room. Well, now any delivery is going to be assessed a $6 fee. This is kind of ridiculous to me. You can avoid this by meeting whoever's delivering your groceries in the lobby. But wh- why is it costing Disney $6 to, to do this for you? So next piece of news, uh, Disney has announced kind of a new, uh, new twist on the Disney After Hours for the summer. Matt, you and I went to a Villains Unleashed event at Hollywood Studios several years ago. Well, Disney's bringing that back, kind of, to Magic Kingdom. So they're having the uh, what they're calling Disney Villains After Hours events. This is starting June 6th and going through August 8th. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just going to be a Disney After Hours with a Villains twist. So there'll be a new stage show. They, there will be food and drinks. There will be new merchandise. The one important thing to note here is that unlike the Villains Unleashed event that we went to, there will be no villains out in the parks for meet and greet. So there won't be, they won't be taking pictures. They won't be signing autographs. They'll be at this stage show. So that is a little bit different than these events in the past. And I think it's probably a good thing because thinking back to the event that we went to, it seems like there was a two or three hour line for a lot of these villains for people, because you never see them in the parks. So there were really long lines to meet these villains. And I think people were kind of upset that they, got into this event to meet the villains and then we're not able to. And for us, thankfully we didn't try and meet and greet with all the villains. Cause we actually got to do a good bit of you know, rides and attractions. And I think even a late night Fantasmic that we got to, you know, just because the park was so condensed around the villains. And like Pete said, I mean, it's an awesome opportunity. If you 
have that one villain you want to see, but honestly, you might only get to see one or two of them during this attraction. If it's a, if it, during this event, if it's anything like the last event we went to. So I'll take a different angle here. I actually think for the folks that do Disney like we do, it's not great that there's not character meet and greets because that's going to increase the wait times on the attractions that we all would like to ride. I would think we would want there to be villain meet and greets because that's going to take your your true Disney fans as well as your uh, character meet and greet type fans away from the attractions. Yeah, and I, and I, I agree. However, that was one of the major criticisms of this event in the past was that you had these villains out there, you had the opportunity to meet them, but you, you couldn't get anywhere near them. So, so yes, your point is absolutely taken that there will be more people trying to ride rides. I think there's going to be enough extra stuff here to do that it's not going to be that big of a that big of a factor. You know, they're limiting these events to very few people and so I think the ride lines are still going to be relatively short if if that's what you choose to do. Yeah, I mean, I'd say every after hour event that you and I have gone to or that I've gone to with with my wife, wait lines have been pretty good. Yeah, you know, we haven't seen an excess of anything more than 30 minutes for an attraction, but I do wonder because you raved about the villain event that you and Matt went to in Hollywood Studios but you raved about the fact that you could walk onto Tower of Terror and, and uh, Rock and Roller Coaster because people were waiting for for the uh, character meet and greet. So, it I, I would say right now I would totally go to it. I'd, I'd buy a ticket, but it'll be interesting to see how the wait times play out on the attractions for this 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 event specifically. Yep. So also in Magic Kingdom, uh, Disney is now offering a dessert party for Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween party. This is an additional add-on cost to your Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party. So as if you're not paying enough for the Halloween Party, you can now pay $84 for guests 10 years old or older or $50 plus tax for guests ages 3 to 9. And this is available most dates that Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party is taking place in Magic Kingdom. Uh, like all the other dessert parties, it's, it's, there's going to be a selection of fruits, cheese, desserts, this is at Tomorrowland Terrace. Now, you do get the opportunity to have preferred viewing for what will be a brand new uh, fireworks show for the Halloween parties because they're not doing Hallowishes this year. I just, no. I mean, so I, I've had our listeners correct me on dessert parties before, but this one does not feel like it's worth it. I mean, you're, you're already paying an arm and a leg to get into Not So Scary. You don't need a dessert party and reserved seating to see a fireworks show and not so scary because they already limit the tickets on the front end. So I, I would not recommend this for, for our listeners. And it's probably comes as no surprise because I've been very bullish in my opinion on dessert parties are not worth it. All right. And I think the last thing I've got for magic kingdom is that there will be another photo pass photo opportunity added to haunted mansion and this will uh, be taken during the ride as as far as I can understand. So they're going to add ghosts to your picture is, is kind of what it amounts to while you're riding on the ride. Did they have that at one point? They, I, you know, I'm not sure. I know there were, I know there was one outside at, at one point, but I'm not, I think this is the first time it's ever been in the attraction. So they are adding that. So moving over to Epcot, it looks like Agent P's World Showcase Adventure is going away. 
and it will supposedly be replaced with a new game that's going to be very similar, but is going to feature Scrooge McDuck and Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Not a whole lot of details about that. I don't know that a lot of people know what Agent P's, Agent P's World Showcase Adventure is in the first place, but if you're if you're interested, this this is possibly coming soon. We have some new information about some of the new nighttime shows that are coming to Disney World. There is a wonderful world of animation show coming to Hollywood Studios. Apparently, this is going to be in addition to Disney Movie Magic and Star Wars Galactic Spectacular. So I don't know how they're going to fit three shows in here. Seems like a lot of fireworks for one night. I mean, so so you have the including Fantasmic, right? Including Fantasmic. So really four shows at Hollywood Studios. Animal Kingdom, there is going to be a new version of Tree of Life Awakenings. It's going to celebrate the Lion King's 25th anniversary. I think all they're going to do here is have scenes from the Lion King and, and play Lion King music. So, and and finally... Illuminations, as we've said before, is going away. The new show is going to be called Epcot Forever, and it's it's going to celebrate Epcot. Supposedly, there's going to be some kites that they're flying from jet skis. They're going to have special effects. They're going to use music like One Little Spark, so music that is really Epcot music. So, and again, that's that's supposed to premiere sometime in 2020. And then the only other piece of news that I've got has to do with Galaxy's Edge. Disney has trademarked a bunch of names for the drinks that are going to be available at Galaxy's Edge. And, and they're Star Wars names. White Wampa Ale, Gamorrean Ale, Carillion Red Wine. So these will be available, of course, along with the famous Blue Milk. And I think it was Green Milk from The Last Jedi that Luke squeezes out of the giant slug's nipple. I think that's all the news I've got. That last piece of news, <laughs> you saw me jerk my head there. That's uh, that's That's wild. All right, well, let's pause for just a minute here to uh, hear from our sponsor. So your family is coming to Orlando. And the thought of lugging your stroller onto the plane isn't your idea of fun. But you're smart enough to know that conquering the theme parks of Orlando without a stroller for your kids could be a vacation killer. As parents ourselves, we get it. You're not asking for much. You just want the convenience of a clean, affordable stroller or crib delivered to your hotel or vacation home, ready to use. Welcome to Kingdom Strollers, a Disney-featured stroller and crib provider that does exactly what you're looking for at a great price. To book your stroller or crib, just click on the item you'd like to reserve and select the dates for your rental. We run a tight ship, so we will never overbook. Next, tell us where you're staying and choose the times for delivery and pickup. Then, choose from helpful free accessories like cooler bags and rain covers. It couldn't be easier. If you have any questions or concerns, you can check our FAQ page or just give us a call. We are always ready to answer your questions. Once you've placed your reservation, there's nothing left to do except count down the days until you're in sunny Florida. So what are you waiting for? Go ahead and book your stroller or crib from Kingdom Strollers today. All right, well, let's go ahead and get started with some of our favorite places at Disney World. Again, as as usual with these type of shows, these are going to be uh, these are going to be in no particular order. We're going to just kind of hit these up, and we will uh, we'll talk about them a little bit. Hopefully, tell you why they're our favorite places. So, what do we got, guys? Yeah, I'll start. Um, I've talked about this a couple of times on the podcast, but this is kind of a moving spot. But it's a certain time of day you have to be on this attraction. 
at Splash Mountain, I really enjoy when the fireworks are going off, going off at night, and you're going, you know, on the outside part of Splash Mountain when you're you're in your log, and you can you even going down the big the big drop when the when the fireworks are going off. I think that's a really magical time. I think it's a fun time, and I think it's a time that you really only have about a thirty minute window, maybe once a night to see that. So that's one of my favorite spots. What do y'all think? Yeah, I would I would add to that. There's there's a lot of scenes on Splash Mountain that again, I think this is my favorite ride at Disney World. So I would add to that going down into the laughing place. You get down to the laughing place, everything's crazy, water's flying all over the place. Animals are riding on on little jets of water. So I, I, I think that's uh that's certainly another one of my favorite places uh, on Splash Mountain. But yeah, I agree. Coming up around and, and seeing the fireworks overhead during the outdoor uh, scenes of Splash Mountain is is really a uh, a special thing. I cannot add much more. I'm, Splash Mountain, I know, is one of both. Both you guys love this attraction. I know, Pete. You know, it's your favorite. But the fireworks and the parades you can see whenever you come around. Whenever Magic Kingdom had a nighttime parade that you could see were, were pretty cool. And the Laughing Place is, I think, everyone's favorite. I mean, you you have a drop into the Laughing Place. And then it's just, I don't know, you can't help but smile and laugh. Uh, that's kind of the point of it. So I have no objection here uh, w- with the choice. Uh, t- taking taking it to our next choice, I'm going to go to one of my favorite attractions in Disney World. I'm going to go to Space Mountain. We're going we're gonna to do the mountains here, I guess. And the lights coming on as you start, whenever you go in the tunnels of Space Mountain, there's two tunnels, actually. Both tunnels, and the, the lights are incredible. Uh, the noises, the sounds you hear. The attraction itself, I mean, you guys know how much I love Space Mountain, so I'm all over that one. So you're you're talking about the beginning of the ride where you're kind of powering up. And the and end. Getting, really. And and the yeah. end when you're kind of coming in and slowing down. Yeah, I you know, I can I can get on board with the with the beginning because it's it's building so much anticipation, right? You come out, you go through this tunnel, you're almost at the end, you make a sharp turn. The end is kind of eh, it's over. You know, you hit that red tunnel and you know you're at the end of the ride. You got to go wait in line for it again. But uh, but yeah, I can definitely see that anticipation building at the beginning. So one of, one of my favorite spots, and it used to be a lot quieter. It's not, not so quiet anymore, is uh, La Cava at the Mexico Pavilion at Epcot. This used to be out of the way. It used to be kind of off the beaten path. And, and now anytime you go, you're going to see a line and a long line. But as, as we discussed last week, their margaritas are phenomenal. You can get snacks there. If, if, you can, if you can snag a table, you can sit and get snacks there. And it's a good place to sit and, and relax and have a couple of drinks. Even if, you've, even if you sit at the fountain right outside of La Cava and, and have a couple of drinks, it's a, uh, it's a good place to relax. So you have to be careful because you, you could tip over into the fountain if you're leaning back. But La Cava is never something... I've never looked at it as a very quiet place. I look at it as the beginning to the Epcot day, the beginning to the World Showcase. You're in the Mexico Pavilion. You may ride three Cabaneros. You may have a margarita. You may explore. And and La Cava is kind of the centerpiece to me because the the Disney cast members there are fantastic. It's kind of, I mean, it's out of the sun, which which everyone looks for when you're in, in Orlando, Florida. And, and it has, it just has a great feel to it. So I see, I know what you mean. I mean, La Cava is very loud now. It's not, it's not a quiet place, but I look at it more as the, uh, I guess the excitement to your, your day in Epcot. 
because that's where you start. If you if you are are normal, if you start in Canada, you're an absolute psycho, and I can't help you out. I guess, I guess it's my turn now. For my money, the best spot in Disney's Hollywood Studios and that attraction is Rock and Roller Coaster, and especially when you're on the front row of Rock and Roller Coaster, that anticipation for takeoff and just watching the cars go ahead of you, and you know you're in that seat. And you're ready to go, and you know that you know your hair is going to be flying backwards. You're going to be pushed against the seat, and you're in for an awesome, you know, 45 seconds to a minute and a half. I can't remember how long the ride is, but it's just so much fun. It's the most exhilarating start to a ride in Walt Disney World. So, how many years has it been since you felt your hair fly back on this ride, Matt? I knew that kind of question was coming. <laughs> it's been a very long time, probably since the ride opened. No, I don't I'm have kidding. Much no. hair anymore. No, I'm I'm joking. He has a full head of hair, but this this is right. It's a very fun attraction. I'm with you. Most attractions, I'd say, sit in the back row. Rock and roller coaster is one where it's a totally different experience in the front and the back, and both of both and both of them are fantastic. I mean, the takeoff obviously is the the main event with rock and roller coaster, but sitting in the back, you kind of get the whiplash. You are going full speed all the time. And you also probably feel the brunt of the stop as you make it to the uh, VIP portion of the attraction. But th- this is one of the, it's the best roller coaster in Disney World, probably. I know we have some listeners who would disagree, and maybe Pete disagrees, but uh, I'm with you. Front, th- this is a really, really, really good portion of Disney World. The front row of Rock and Roller Coaster at Takeoff is absolutely awesome. Well, let's stay at Hollywood Studios and go right across the way to Tower of Terror because I think we've got a couple of couple of places in here that that made our list and and the first you know just going in order the first is going into the library this gets old about the fourth or fifth time you ride it in a row but this is this really helps with the build-up to this attraction much like the pre-show to haunted mansion the the pre-show at tower terror really sets the stage the lights go out the doors open and you're on your way through the boiler room to the ride so this is a this is a really cool moment, and it really does set the stage for for where you're going with this ride. The other portion of this ride that I that I think we all agreed on was the anticipation for when you're going to drop, and during the drop sequence, getting up to the top, seeing the doors open, particularly at night, but but just that anticipation of the first drop, and then the anticipation of the doors opening up and and seeing out over the park. So I know that. Pete doesn't necessarily agree with this one, but I love going to Casey's Corner after the fireworks when the park's about to close, grabbing a hot dog, ice cream, hanging out and watching just kind of people watching on your on everyone's way out, just seeing everyone that was at the park kind of relaxing and getting ready to leave yourself, you know, maybe hitting the shops on your way out. But Casey's Corner has always been a staple for me when I've been in the Magic Kingdom after dark. Let me tell you how much I disagree with you on this. I would rather lay face up in the middle of Main Street and let everyone walk over me than to go into Casey's Corner after the fireworks. So I am I'm not a Casey's Corner fan. All right, at so, all. I can't so believe Pete, that. I enjoy Casey's Corner. I think I can be the middle ground here. If you can't order in advance or go when it's lightly crowded, which still is a line out the door to the piano, I agree. You skip Casey's Corner. Now, am I really, really hungry after the fireworks and looking for something to eat? If Casey's Corner's open, I would probably meander in there. But I'm with you on I wouldn't. That would not be my first choice. I mean, I'd rather eat. I'd rather hop on a bus and go eat at my Disney Resort, chicken strips, 
chicken tenders and fries, chicken nuggets and fries with honey mustard. But I, I'm okay with this one. I mean, I understand this one. It's an awesome restaurant, and it's a great place to be on Main Street. Now, in the sense that you know, you're sitting after the fireworks, you're watching all the people filter out. Yes, I agree with that. I, I think that's I think that's cool to do, and and really anywhere on Main Street, right? You can do that. You can hang out, watch the people filter out, and and that is a cool thing. But I I'm not. You won't see me doing that in uh, in Casey's Corner. I won't even go in there to eat. Strong Hard words. out on Casey's Strong Corner. Words. If I have to wait ten minutes for a hot dog, there are better uses. There are better uses of my time. So staying with the Magic Kingdom theme here, this is a very unique area in Magic Kingdom, and sometimes it can be crowded. But if you walk up Main Street on an alley on the right, you will see. Uh, you won't see anything actually. You'll you'll see a bench. It uh, looks like a, a typical alley, but it's actually if if you sit down and listen quietly, you'll hear a piano recital and singing lessons that are going on. And there's a window that's cracked, and they, they note that singing lessons are going on in this area. Uh, and it's actually a spot my wife and I typically frequent when we're trying to sit down on a bench that no one's occupying, have a bottle of water in a quiet area, and, and have a conversation. Our first trip to Disney World, I, I act me, you know, the the gung ho. We we go through Disney as quickly as possible. I needed to sit down. You know, I told my wife, I know the perfect place. And so we we went to this area off of Main Street. Yeah, I had a bottle of water, listened to the singing lessons that are sometimes very good and sometimes very not so good. And it's just one of those spots at Disney World that's really unique that a lot of people don't know about. So uh, when you're entering the Magic Kingdom facing Cinderella Castle, it is an alleyway on your right as you make your way onto Main Street. And if you're very quiet, you will hear the piano and singing lessons going on throughout the window. I do have one more at Magic Kingdom, and that's... Be our guest, particularly the main dining room at Be Our Guest. There's there's three dining rooms total at the restaurant. They all kind of have their unique charm, but I really really like the main dining room at Be Our Guest. The attention to detail there is is incredible. You've got a the back window where you're looking out and and you see the snow falling. It, it really is a cool experience, and it, it certainly helps that the food is good. But but the the atmosphere in the restaurant really adds to that whole experience. So. That's that's another one of my favorite spots at Disney World. I'm going to go right back to Main Street, where Tom was talking about earlier, but I'm going to go to the partner statue. The partner statue is right when you walk into Walt Disney World. You see Walt and you see Mickey, and they're kind of waving you into the park. They're saying hello, and it's really fun for me just to kind of put Walt with Mickey. And as a young boy or young kid, I should say, you know, I asked, you know, who was that? Because I knew who Mickey was, but I didn't know the Walt story. I didn't know how Walt created Mickey, and that's what turned into Walt Disney World. I didn't know why it was called Walt Disney World when I was five years old. But just kind of learning that story and and just, you know, having them welcome me into the park and seeing Cinderella's Castle behind them and all of Main Street, it's a truly magical moment for me every single time I walk past that particular spot. And I know you guys agree. Yeah, I mean, looking looking at the partner statue with Cinderella Castle behind it is kind of the quintessential Disney image that you get, right? I mean, when I think of walking up Main Street, that's that's what I think of. Fun fact about this, the statue of Walt Disney is actually, I think it's like seven or eight inches taller than, than Walt actually was. So, tidbit there. Secret of the night. Extra one. Wow, two secrets of the night. Yeah, I, I don't think you can say uh, say enough about this. I mean, the partner statue is fantastic. It is obviously in honor of Walt, and it reminds us all that it did start with the mouse. 
I can't say anything that they have not said. I mean, it's one of my favorite spots in Disney World. I typically visit it and probably take a picture with it on every trip. Uh, so, so this is a really, really good spot to visit. Unique to this list, this statue is not, I guess, unique to Disney World. There are versions of this statue all over the world. I, I know Tokyo has one. Paris has one. Disneyland has one. Disney World has one. There's probably one more somewhere. So, you know, this is this is something that you can see at Disney parks all over the world. And, and it just speaks to the importance of, obviously, Walt Disney, but the importance of the statue to, uh, to Disney World and, and to all the Disney parks. So the next one on the list for me is something that Matt won't have much to comment on just because he has not had a chance to ride this attraction, but Pete can comment on it. In Flight of Passage, when the screen opens and you feel like you're actually thrown on top of the Banshee, that it literally takes your breath away. That's the only way. I, that, that's all I can describe it with. It takes your breath away. It, it does. I compare this to another moment that that made our list, and that's the beginning of Soren when you're lifted up, the screen turns on, and you're flying. Flight of Passage is this to the hundredth right power. i mean the, the, it flight of passage is is soaring times a thousand right it's i'm totally with you it, you can't compare them i always say flight of passage is soaring on steroids so but but the difference is soaring lifts you up and almost lets you get ready for the moment flight of passage it's like spark 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 bang you're there so when i when i rode this attraction the first time i i knew what was coming of course i knew i had read about the attraction but you're you're straddling this motorcycle seat looking thing and you really have no clue what to expect. So yeah, when this, when this screen opens and and you're thrown right into the middle of the action, it, it really is something special. So I, I agree with this. It's like nothing else at Disney world. Uh, we, we can't speak, obviously galaxy's edge could blow this out of the water, but so far it is the best attraction at Disney world by far. I really need, I really need to get there for this one. <laughs> I really do. So I'm gonna I'm gonna actually throw up a softball here to either Thomas or Pete, but I'm probably gonna throw it to Pete. Pete, I know there's a special place in your heart in the Epcot World Showcase in a little a little country called China. How do you feel about the China Pavilion, Pete? Is there do you have a favorite spot there? I certainly do. We've we've discussed this on the podcast before. Tom can actually probably speak to this more than I can because he spends more time there. But that's the China bathrooms. Last trip, the China bathrooms were actually packed. They were they were not the place of peace that I have become accustomed to on my on my journey through the World Showcase. So had to find other accommodations, but uh, but the China bathrooms are where it's at typically. So two things: obviously, we have a ton of listeners; uh, they're obviously going to the the bathrooms. But two, dare I say, there's a better bathroom: American Adventure USA. When you're facing the American Adventure far left, nobody knows about this bathroom. It's tucked well, well behind the American Adventure. And the music, the calming music is better in China, but the bathroom is better in America, baby. So guys, I want everyone to kind of see what Tom did there. He realized he talked up the China bathrooms, and now he's sending you away to different bathrooms. And he's going to be enjoying himself in the China Pavilion bathrooms. So I want everyone to see what he did there. 
And you know what? I got a better bathroom. Go to Japan. It's awesome. Listen, I hope that we all are visiting the bathroom a lot on the World Showcase because it means we're all eating things we've never eaten. We're eating things from other countries. And for me, at least, my body does not digest that well. I'm, I'm a routine type guy. So uh, right when I get to China, I've had enough. And right when I get to America, I've had enough of the other things. And uh, then t- good luck when you get to Canada finding a bathroom. You know, Pete, Pete can explain that to you. But the next one that I want to hit is something near and dear to Pete and myself for different reasons. One of my first trips to Disney World with my wife, I uh, went to the Polynesian to watch the fireworks at the beach. And this, this opens up, uh, this gives you an opportunity to discover a resort and explore the resort, visit Trader Sam's. And you can have many unique drinks to the Polynesian there. But you also can sit on the beach in a, in a beach chair, on the sand, total darkness, watch the fireworks show and have the music pumped in. Pete and I, w- with our group ate dinner at the Polynesian, so uh, Pete can probably share his side of this. Yeah, and this has become a, a very popular spot to watch the fireworks. I know that on our trip, when we watched the fireworks down on the beach, it was it was very crowded. There were a lot of people down there. But yeah, it's a... It's a unique experience. It's a different experience than standing on Main Street. It's a different type of crowded. You're not getting the full effect of the fireworks that you would at uh, standing on Main Street, but you're also not standing there with 25,000 of your closest friends. It's it's a lot more private experience. And so, Pete, on, on our last trip, uh, we had a group that, you know, you, and, you were there, but a group of us, we, we were not there. Last time my wife and I went, there was only like 10 to 15 total seats and everyone else stood. Is it still like that? It was it was like that, yeah. There were very few seats. People were sitting on railings. A lot of people were standing. A lot of people were sitting on the beach. So, but but it was it was a lot more crowded than than I think it was the last time that I went to the Polynesian for the fireworks. But but yeah, I I agree. This is a great spot. The Polynesian Resort in general is a great spot. But but this whole beach area, Trader Sam's outdoor bar there, it's just a it's, it's a fun time for for everybody. So the next one for me. And this is a ride that, you know, it's kind of a one and done for me when I go to, especially when I go to Disney World, but especially if I'm in Epcot, even if I go for multiple days in Epcot, I'm not going to do this attraction twice. But that first time each trip that you're in the cockpit of Mission Space and you're about to take off and, you know, you kind of know if you're the navigator, you know what your role is on the ship and you get, you get geeked up for it. You get psyched up for it because, you know, you have, you have, you have a job to do and you know that this this rocket ship is about to take off and you're going to Mars and that first bit, you know, that, that waiting and then the takeoff is just super exhilarating. I, I agree. While this ride is not, you know, my favorite at Disney world sitting, sitting there in the cockpit, the first time you ride it, you know, it's, it's like any ride at, uh, at Disney world. The first time you're riding it, you've got a lot of anticipation built up. And, and so I think for this one, especially, it, it it hits for me too. So I'll tell you, my my wife, huge fan of Mission Space, and w- and one of our our best listeners and best friends is also a huge fan of Mission Space, and I watched these two ride it, I don't know, five six times in a row during Illuminations one night, and had no issue with it because there's no thrill in Disney World to them better than the Mission Space takeoff thrill, because you 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 are experiencing the G forces that. You know they're trying to simulate you going to space. They don't, they don't ride the tame side. They they ride the most intense side 
repeatedly. And some people can can definitely do that. For me, it's a really, really good attraction, and I understand that that is one of the most... I'm almost sweating during this moment, right before you take off, but it, it doesn't... There's other there's other things at Disney World that surpass that for me. But I, I can understand where Matt is sharing this one, and you definitely get nervous, and you definitely don't want to be the engineer. I mean, that, that's a, it's a boring job. You want to have something better in Mission Space. So moving moving to the next one we have here, I think I included this one. I forced this one in. The animatronics in Mind Train, th- there's two scenes, right? You, you're on the incline of Mind Train, and you're on the, the end of Mind Train. The, the end is the animatronics from the original Snow White Scary Stories. So that, that's awesome if you're a Disney fan. And then on the incline, it's just the song and the diamonds and the rubies, everything they're going for, the mining. It's fantastic. And this is one of my favorite parts, or I guess two parts, of an attraction that you'll find at Disney World. And this is unique to this ride. I mean... There's really no other roller coasters at Disney, with maybe with the exception of Slinky Dog Dash, that have this other portion of, you know, you don't have a roller coaster followed by a dark ride portion followed by more roller coaster. Really anywhere else at Disney World. You could argue Splash Mountain has that to an extent because you do have some drops. Pirates of the Caribbean maybe, but but nothing really else compares to this at Disney World. And and so yeah, this this makes it uh, this makes it unique, and it really does make it a special place at Disney World. So the next one that I've got on here is the the back of the of the France Pavilion, and specifically talking about back by the uh, the bakery. There's a lot of quiet tables. You can you can sit and enjoy a croissant and a glass of wine. People watch for a little while. They've got good food back there. You know, with a little bit of imagination, it, it really does feel like you've been transported to a uh, to a quiet alley in Paris. Now, if you go in the summer and there's 20,000 people back there, a little bit different experience. But uh, but during the slower times of the year, it really does kind of feel like you've been uh, you've been transported to a different place. One hundred percent agree, man. That that's that's a really cool area that you just brought up. Um, I guess. I will take it to the last one of the night. Um, and this one's actually an Animal Kingdom. And forgive me if, if I'm mistaken, but we haven't touched on Animal Kingdom yet tonight. But another roller coaster, which is probably either, for my money, the the best or the second best roller coaster in Walt Disney World. Um, in the middle of Expedition Everest, you know, when you're really, really going, and all of a sudden you, you stop and you go backwards. And that when you go backwards, I don't know what it is, but it seems like you're going faster than you when you were going forwards. You feel like you're moving more right and left and kind of swinging. You swing like you've never swung before um, going backwards. And I think that um, I think that's really interesting. It's it's a ride concept that I haven't seen other places. And it's it's a really cool transition from, you know, about to go over the cliff to going backwards and the Yeti trying to grab you. It's pretty fun. I promise it's great, guys. Even though Tom and Pete have nothing to add. Any other any other special places? Any any other uh, any other places at the parks we we missed? The only thing I could think of, Pete, is you know finding a good spot for any fireworks show. I I don't want to you know Epcot Illuminations for the time being. The UK is a great spot because maybe you can go inside and and have some fun and then watch the fireworks show and then Magic Kingdom anywhere on Main Street. And then Hollywood Studios again, anywhere, pretty much anywhere in Hollywood Studios, as small as it's gotten. 
And then the last thing, if you want to avoid a spot at all, avoid Rivers of Light. Any any spot that shows you Rivers of Light, just avoid that because that that's a very you you are never going to let that one go. A, are it's you? It's a very very bad attraction show experience, whatever you want to call it. What's up with you and rivers? I mean, Navi River Journey and Rivers well, of Light. Listen, both, I, uh, I'm a straight shooter. Both of them are not very good. So also, yeah, avoid your seat on Navi River Journey. Uh, say you can't ride and ask for a fast pass to Flight of Passage. That'd be my my advice. I, I didn't I didn't hate Navi River Journey. It, it's not worth the wait, but I didn't hate it. How long? How long? Did, uh, changing gears here. The, the episode's over, I guess. How long did you wait for Navi River Journey? We we didn't. Okay. Everybody went. Everybody else went to Flight of Passage. How first long thing would in the you wait? We, we, I wouldn't. Okay. That I mean, I, I I we landed fast passes, and I am so thankful that that happened because seventy five minutes would have. You, yeah, you I should have crushed. seen me coming off that if I waited seventy five minutes. I was not happy waiting eight minutes for with my fast pass. But anywho, yeah, I would I would have been crushed if 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 we had had a seventy five minute wait. But no. No wait, it was worth it. It's it's just Pirates of the Caribbean without pirates, right? Pirates of the Caribbean is so much better on every aspect. It, it has nothing to do with no pirates. It's just a bad attraction. With the with the exception of the animatronic at the end, the animatronic at the end is this the uh, the shaman animatronic at the end is its only redeeming quality. All right. Well, anything else, guys? No, I'm good. I think I'm good. All right. Well, again, love to hear from you guys. Your favorite spots at Disney World. Send them in. Tell us what we got right, what we got wrong. We'll talk about it on a future episode. With that, Tom, do you have a trivia question, a secret, or do you need me to cover uh, cover that for you too? Look at this guy. Of course I have a secret and trivia question. Uh, secret of the night. Did you know in the Dino Land Boneyard, try to find the Xyla Bone. Uh, here's a hint. It's located behind the Jeep. Uh, when you find it, you will be able to knock on the bones and play a tune. Uh, so if you have kids who want to run around and waste some energy, uh, I, w- I would recommend you send them on the quest to find the Xyla Bone at uh, Disney's Animal Kingdom and the Dinoland Area Boneyard there. Moving to the trivia question of last week, it was kind of a layup. What Disney World attraction has an animatronic that will listen and talk and interact with the guest? Of course, we had a lot of people get this correct. Uh, the attraction is Toy Story Mania, and the animatronic is Mr. Potato Head. It's one of the coolest experiences of your life. It does help pass time. Uh, on our last trip to Disney, I actually waited in the standby line, which is very rare, and it was hilarious listening to that animatronic interact with the, uh, with the, with the guests there at Disney World. But trivia question for this week. Where can you find an abandoned mine and waterfall at the Walt Disney World? My hint is they are in the same place. You can tweet us at podcast on Twitter or email us at mendowdw at gmail.com with your, uh, with your guess. Again, the question is, where can you find an abandoned mine and waterfall at the Walt Disney World? And your hint is they are in the same place. All right. Well, that's all we've got this week. Please tune in next week for some more Disney magic. Look for us on the Twitter at MendoWDW Podcast. If you have any suggestions, questions, or comments, please tweet us or email us at MendoWDW at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. It really does help us out. Thank you so much for listening and giving us the most valuable thing you have, your time. We'll see you next week.